0: This episode is brought to you by the Crosscheck Podcast, the newest and latest hockey podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Its new podcast will help you get hockey smart. The Crosscheck Podcast, hosted by Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, goes deeper into the NHL stories than any other podcast with the help of the smartest minds on the ice. Follow the Crosscheck Podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get your podcasts The Locked On Leafs podcast, your one stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Make It a Score Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, we're just a couple of days away until the puck drop for the Maple Leafs and Uh, Montreal Canadiens series, which is set to begin on Thursday. So... The next couple of days is actually going to be full crossover podcast with myself here at Locked On Leafs and Laura Saba and Scott Matlow, the host over at Locked On Canadians. So we're going to go over and talk about a bunch of different things. Uh, today's show we're just kind of going to get to know the the two teams a little bit. So I'm going to go a little heavy in the first segment, chat about the Maple Leafs, um, kind of educate the the Montreal listeners on what's going on here, and then vice versa in the second part of the podcast. Scott Matla joins in, and he's going to dissect the Montreal Canadiens' perspective of things, so that you, the least listeners, can know what the the mindset is going on for Montreal. And then, uh, and then at the end, we're we're kind of just going to kind of recount how the season series went and, and our mindset through the season um, and our mindset heading into the playoffs. And uh, and we're also going to pick up and do some more, a deeper dive into the matchups, the X's and O's and all the matchups and all that on tomorrow's podcast. So without further ado, let me set this thing up here. Um, this is myself uh, along with Laura Saba and Scott Matlow from Lockdown Canadians as we preview round one, Maple Leafs. And the habs. So we are
2: here, locked on Canadians and Locked On Leafs, and we've been friends thus far, but this might be in jeopardy in the next couple of days. At the time that we're recording this, we're still friends, and we'll see what happens at the end of this four to seven game series. So let's start first with getting to know the Toronto Maple Leafs, as they are the higher seed, they get to go first. And I guess the biggest storyline here would be finally they've got a historic matchup against the rival in a season that they're very heavily favored to at least come out of the division if not challenge for the Stanley Cup. Thoughts Mike?
0: Yeah, that's definitely one of the the major storylines. I think that's coming out of this that the Leafs and Habs have had a very historic um uh, it's been a very historic matchup but at least in my lifetime, and I think your guys as well, we haven't actually seen it happen. It's more of of uh, like an old fairy tale than it is than it's been reality over the course of the last 30, 40 years. But here we are. it's it's going to be least first Habs an original six matchup the first time since 1979 and, and I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a really solid matchup.
2: And so I, I don't think I feel pretty safe saying that none of us even existed the last time this happened. Exactly. <laughs> um, but there's the other kind of historic storyline that's, you know, it's a narrative. It's not a storyline, but the Toronto Maple Leafs being a good team over the past few years, but unable to get out of that first round. Do you think that they're feeling any kind of pressure? Do you think that maybe the onus is all on them? Because as I keep saying, like, this is the Leaf series to lose.
0: One hundred percent. I think uh, the, the, the Maple Leafs need to win this series if they don't win it. That's 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 bad news bears for Kyle Dubas. That's bad news for for a lot of a lot of players here in Toronto. Like I, I can't even imagine to see what would happen to this lineup. What would happen if the city and like the revolt that they would have if they end up losing to Montreal because you know, this is, this is the year that they finally have a, a, an easier path to not only win their first series since 2004, but also go on a bit of a run here and at least try and get to the Final Four, which I would say is probably the expectation here in Toronto is to get out of the Canadian division and into the Final Four. And I think if that happens, um, most people will be pretty pleased with how the season unfolded. But anything short of that, is a disappointment. And if they lose in round one here to Montreal, I think that that is most definitely a, a massive, massive disappointment for for Toronto. And, and also you talk so- about, well, just just really quickly, sorry, the fact that they're they're favored. And this is really the first time in a while that they've been favored. Um, the You know, a few years back when they finally made the playoffs against Washington, they definitely weren't favored. That was an extremely young team with a young Matthews and a young Marner. Um, you know, they, they had brought in some other pieces, but they weren't even expected to make the playoffs. So the fact that they took that to a six-game series was kind of a nice little pat on the back, and the fact that they got playoff success was good. Then they had a couple of series against the Boston Bruins, who, again, are the team that Toronto has always had issues with and were always coming in as the underdog and just couldn't get it done. Last year, they came in as the favorite against Columbus in the play-in series and lost. If that happens again this year... That is, I think, why the Toronto uh, organization, there'll be a lot of question marks this offseason if they're to lose again.
2: And we're going to get into like specific players and specific game plans a little bit later in this crossover series. I just want to really quickly touch on Austin Matthews because of the scoring title. You know, he's had a phenomenal season. uh, And for me, what I'm curious about is as somebody who covers the Toronto Maple Leafs and has watched every one of their games, not just, you know, the 10 against <laughs> against Montreal, uh, what other players do you expect to step up in this series?
0: Oh, man, there are so many so many guys that that need to step up like it's the playoffs. Everyone needs to step up. That's a cop out answer. But it's true. Um, you know, your, your team is only the good of the, the sum of its parts, right? So I think this whole team is going to have to step and play well. But if I'm targeting a couple guys who I think um, outside of the the obvious, you know, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, um, Zach Hyman, I'm thinking, you know, you take a look at that second pairing of Justin Hall and, um, and Jake Muzzin. They're going to have to match the physicality. That the, that the the Montreal Canadiens are going to try and bring because, you know, Montreal, I think they're going to try and play a more physical brand of hockey. Um, it, it seems to be what, what's been successful for them, I guess, throughout the course of the year. Uh, I guess you guys could be more, you guys are more aware of that, I suppose, than I am. But it seems like that would be the recipe that they would want to play against Toronto. And I think that that, that shutdown pairing is going to have to match that Physicality, along with kind of that vintage line of Spezza, uh, Thornton, and, and Wayne Simmons. So I, I think it's the depth, really, that's going to have to uh, come through and, and really pick up their game and provide that that depth that is going to overcome the depth on the other end of the ice.
2: A couple of more questions before we turn our attention to the Canadians. One quick question. Uh, how confident do you feel in Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending right now? <sighs>
0: Um, like, I feel good about it. If, if this, if what we've seen through the regular season is how Jack Campbell's gonna play, then I feel good about it. But, listen, goaltending in the playoffs for the Maple Leafs has been... Oy, not great at all. You know, you think about the the collapse in Game Seven back in 2013 of James Reimer. Um, you think of all the Game Sevens that that they've lost uh, to to Boston, or all the game winning games that they've lost. Um, whether it was Game Five last year, or the Game Sevens that Freddie Anderson wasn't able to to put the nail in the coffin. You know, goaltending has been a massive question mark, and it's certainly going to be the X factor here for the Maple Leafs going into the going into uh, the season or the postseason, and Jack Campbell's played really well. Really, he has. But can he live up to playoff expectations with a, a totally new atmosphere? The thing that I think maybe helps a little bit with a guy like Jack Campbell, surprisingly, is the fact that there's no fans for the first couple of series. With no fans, I think that there's less pressure because you don't have you know the hecklers in Montreal that can maybe get into your head a little bit. And instead, you can just go out there and it's not going to be much different than it's been throughout the regular season. You know, we, we know how much more pressure amps up throughout the course of the playoffs. And without fans, that pressure is not really going to mound as much. Um, so I think that that actually helps. Um, the one way that no fans may actually be a benefit to a team like Toronto is for a guy like Jack Campbell who can just go to the rink, show up, and try and play the good, consistent goaltending that he's been able to do ever since the drop of the puck back. Back in January
2: it's not even just getting into the goalie's head I mean the Montreal fans have been known to be so loud that goaltenders can't communicate with their defensemen and vice versa yeah And many goalies complain about that in the playoffs. So so I I would agree that is kind of an advantage here. And my last question is, during the season, about mid-season, we had an episode and we asked you, do you think it's Sheldon Keefe or do you think it's personnel that's made the difference in Toronto this this season? You said it was more personnel. But in the last few weeks, have you noticed, as Sheldon Keefe, uh, his coaching identity has become evident, uh, would you would you would you say that he has been a difference maker on this team this year?
0: Um, like I don't know. Can you can you dig a little deeper into that question? Because, like, yes, he, he it's they're playing a different style this season, one hundred percent. And it's kind of like a chicken or the egg, though. Like, I think that he finally has the players who are willing to go into the dirty areas. You know, guys like Hyman who stepped up. They went out and they've got guys like TJ Brody. Justin Hall has arrived as a, a legitimate NHL body. Guys like Wayne Simmons, um, Jumbo, Joe Thornton. They went out, they grabbed Nick Felino. These types of players who can play that 200-foot game that he wanted to. I don't think he had the roster last season um, to, to go out and do the things that he was trying to implement. So it's kind of like he finally – it's just a perfect mold of, of – both I think that that's really the answer you can definitely see that what Keith is doing in the philosophies is is working um, but at the same time, the players are also implementing what he's saying like you could have the best coach in the world but if the players don't buy in it's not going to work and vice versa you could have the best players in the world but if you don't got a good coach who puts in a good philosophy and good systems good culture you're probably going to falter at some point so i think right now these are just two things you've got the personnel and you've got a great coach and a great gm there's just so much cohesion throughout this the organization as a whole that is really marrying into a really solid year and should have Lee fans really excited going into the playoffs playoffs. playoffs
2: speaking of the opposite of all of those things uh (laughs) we're going to turn our attention to the Montreal Canadiens in just a moment
0: Auto are always reliably low, and the same for the professionals as the do it yourselfers. So, why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com.
2: On the other hand, you have the agents of chaos in the Montreal Canadiens, where as fans, we've gotten used to the Canadians backing into the playoffs or almost making it or having like a last second entry into the playoffs and then completely upsetting the higher seed. And usually the higher seed is a favorite and it's, it's always, you know. When it was when it was uh, against Washington in 2010, it was Washington in three last year in the uh, in the preliminary round to get into the playoffs. It's a five game series. Everybody was like Pittsburgh in two, and the Canadians just for whatever reason are always able to drive people crazy. They've done it with the Boston Bruins in the past, and and so this is kind of the recent history and the recent narrative is that they're able to pull out <laughs> these these wins out of nowhere against heavily favored teams. But this is the first time, and I don't know, Scott, I'm, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but this is the first time where they've had a roster that while I wouldn't say it's a better roster than the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's a roster that's better than all of those teams that came before them.
1: Yeah, the biggest thing for the Canadians in the playoff this year is their depth, where their strength was at the start of the year when they were rolling over the Oilers and the Canucks, beating the Flames, you know, having back-and-forth great contests with the Maple Leafs all season. And then injuries took their toll as the season wore on or players were in and out of the lineup. And then, like, their last game against the Oilers, at the end of the season, they iced half of the Laval Rocket in there. And when you take away their biggest strength, the team kind of loses its shape a little bit and it becomes dysfunctional. And this year you look at who's emerged. You look at how good Jake Evans has been and how Corey Perry has found himself a niche in this team. And that Paul Byron and Arturi Lekinen have been very good in their limited roles this year. It's just a matter of getting them all together. And they don't, they cannot match the high end fire power of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. That's just not a thing that's going to happen. They cannot match them at all. So what they need to do, it feels like, is can you beat, win those lower matchups? Can you contain Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner long enough to get your more favorable matchups there against a third line or a fourth line? And I think the Canadians have the pieces to do that, assuming Dominique Ducharme doesn't galaxy brain the lineup here.
2: And I think that's another major storyline of the season is Dominique Ducharme's coaching style. I'll be honest with you. I can't tell what it is. I've watched every game. I've talked about this team five days a week, this entire season. And since the coaching change, I have not been able to determine what his system actually is, what his philosophy actually is. We know what we've been told about him, but we don't really know how his mind works. And so this is the first time this eight day stretch was the first time that he really had a chance to implement his own strategy and, 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 you know, put, put his own identity onto this team. And the interesting thing here is that you would think that that's worrisome, right? Right before the playoffs, this is what they're going to do. But that kind of was an advantage for the Canadians last year. They all went away after a disappointing season. They came back. They tried some new things in training camp. They were able to beat Pittsburgh, and they were able to really strongly challenge Philadelphia. And so I'm very curious as to what we are going to see in the opening night lineup. And he said multiple times he's not going to hesitate to change the lineup. And so I guess uh, another question here is going to be, with all these players coming back from injury, I think Shea Weber's still a question mark from what I can tell. All these players are coming back from injury. The Canadians have implemented the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, uh, philosophy of, of, of reactivating a player in which Carey Price is currently playing half the game in the AHL. Not doing that great. <laughs> so, so I guess, Scott, in your, in your opinion, which player coming back is probably going to be the most significant to this team?
1: It's Brendan Gallagher. It's 110% Brendan Gallagher. He's the heart and soul of this team that he has the ability to score big goals, get in the goalie's face, annoy other teams enough to get them off their game. And he lives for these kind of situations where he can put the weight of the team on his back and go there. And him coming back provides the Canadians with a relentless four checker, an absolute pest and a guy who's good for 30 goals in a season when he's healthy. And unfortunately, you know, he had his hand injury this year and you can just tell the difference when this team has him and when they don't, because they keep trying to find someone to replace him. It's like, Oh, Paul Byron is Brendan Gallagher. Josh Anderson is Brendan Gallagher. Cole Caulfield is Brendan Gallagher. It's, you can't replace Brendan Gallagher without with anyone else. He is who he is And he's such an integral part of this team in that not only does he do all the little things, but if you look into like the fancy stats, and I'm not going to go too deep into that, he's just a machine. He does so well with all these little things that help make the lines click. And with Philip Deneau coming back from a concussion and Thomas Tatar, hopefully having some time to rest up, you reunite that big line there. You have one of the best expected goals, lines and possession lines in the NHL. And it has been for, the better part of two years now or however long they've been together it just works and you're going to put them back together with a rejuvenated brendan gallagher and arrested philip deno and thomas tatar it's a huge opportunity for the canadians to surprise people kind of like suzuki and kat kaniemi did last year
2: i think this also kind of speaks to the canadians greatest weakness which is a lack of mobility on defense and as we've seen this season Brennan Gallagher is so important to that breakout that the Canadians uh, do, and and in fact it dropped significantly. But I think another another uh, aspect of this is that we talked about how Josh Anderson didn't really score that much down the stretch, and it was because exactly like you said, they were trying to pigeonhole him into a Brennan Gallagher role. How important do you think it is? Uh, is Josh Anderson in this series? Because at the very least, I find that he gets really under the skin of the Leafs and throws them off their game.
1: I think the biggest thing for Josh Anderson is getting him in a situation where he can utilize his biggest asset, and that's his speed and his frame. You have someone like Josh Anderson, there's not a whole lot of guys who can match up physically with a body like him steaming down the wing and then being able to cut on a dime through the front of the net. You're going to need a lot out of the Jake Muzzins, the Justin Halls, someone like Morgan Riley, who has struggled a little bit in his own end. The Canadians are going to be looking to get Anderson out there against him because it's hard to contain that. And if Anderson can look like the guy who was just rifling goals off the rush, which now they can, they can put him in a spot that's fitting for him. No longer just trying to fit him into your Brendan Gallagher, because you can be annoying. They can get the most out of him if they try and shoehorn him into a role that isn't Josh Anderson, he becomes less effective. And we've seen that in that he's trying to carry a lot more weight than he's used to. And I think they have the opportunity now to either get him against that third line or the second line and kind of attack where he might have more success than trying to defend against Matthews and Marner when his strongest assets are generating shots and chances at the other end of the ice
2: we're going to talk specific matchups and how the Leafs can potentially shut down the faster, younger, more skilled Canadians players. And that's coming up in tomorrow's episode. But today, what we're going to talk about next is the season series, how it's gone. Maybe I don't want to do this episode anymore, you guys. Uh, and we'll talk about what we learned from that and how, what, what we can carry into this series as it starts. That's coming up in just one moment.
0: Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information information don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today use the promo code locked on and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's promo code locked on for 50 percent off your first deposit at betonline.ag betonline your online sportsbook experts
2: all right let's talk how the season series has gone and yes
0: we absolutely have to
1: badly i thought
0: it went great well i don't know what you guys are talking
1: about i thought it went really well i thought Oh, wow, uh, the show's over everybody can you believe wow, that was the shortest segment we've ever had
2: <laughs> see you guys tomorrow <laughs>
1: Uh, and that was also
2: the shortest friendship we've had with a rival
1: (laughs) (laughs) if I do want to make an actual point though the series was very good and competitive until it wasn't anymore when the Canadians kind of just lost their way uh they fired Claude Julian and they had some games that they were there and then they just weren't anymore Toronto has that one shot one kill talent to be able to take over everything and that's showing a whole lot here so and then unfortunately there's nothing you can do about that you can't have the Leafs not have Austin Matthews and the like it's not a thing that's going to happen unfortunately yeah I think
2: a key thing sorry uh, I was going to say I think I think a key thing is that Earlier in the stretch, or earlier in the season, the Leafs had more injuries than the Canadians did. And then in the second half, the Canadians were far more unlucky. So it's it's kind of we're in a situation where we haven't really seen entire lineups uh, play against each other, except for that first game, very, very, like literally the first game of the season. Right. So I feel like the personnel aspect is 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 something that is Interesting to watch out for to see what these complete teams can do against each other. But uh, I cut you off, Mike. You were about to say something about all of this.
0: Yeah, no, but I, to break break off that point, I think it's it's really interesting because I think both of these teams, although you mentioned you know we're finally getting healthy, I think they're getting healthy, but we're still not at 100%, right? Like your Brendan Gallagher is kind of like our Felino and our Hyman who plays that agitative two-way kind of game but got injured late in the year and is coming back from injury and probably not 100%, but is coming back and going to play. You know, um, Carey Price, for for you guys, coming back, we'll see what he is. If Anderson has to play for this team, what can he do after only getting into one start, I guess, at the NHL level um, since, what was it, March, uh, March 19th, one game? So I think when it comes down to, to injuries and, and this team finally getting healthy, I think it's also interesting how, we're in the same boat when it comes to the fact that there are some key players on on each team who had some injuries that are both kind of on the road to to coming back and still not quite 100%. And
2: I, I, I think one thing as well that I've noticed from the season series looking at it, uh, you could talk about expected goals, you could talk about all the underlying numbers but i feel like what's happening in this particular matchup is that a team that's able to take control of the game early on will keep the control for that period and potentially beyond it's either the entire game like it's very very hard to take the team that like your opponent off their game so it's i think it's really really important for both teams to just basically establish control at the start of it and keep control going through three periods i think that's going to be especially key for Montreal because you've, we've seen it on both sides. You know, you get, you give your opponent just a little bit of space. You, you know, you take, you take yourself off your game just a little bit. You sit back, whether it's score effects or, you know, you just come back unprepared from, from, from the intermission or whatever it is. If you give them just like an inch, it'll take like the, your opponent will take a mile and just run with it. And that's been for me as a Canadians fan, it's been so disheartening to watch because you watch Toronto take over the game and you, and you can see Montreal's not able to get back into it.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point too. And, and I guess that's more so where you look at the difference between the two clubs. I think Montreal can't afford to find themselves down in a game at all. They're going to have to try and be the aggressor and try and get the lead themselves. And then from there, try and play kind of more of a, a breakdown type of game. I think um, and, and try and limit as much as possible. Whereas Toronto, if they find themselves in like a three-one hole going into the third period, I think they have the the firepower to fight back into the into a game. I'm not so sure that Montreal quite has that. And if they find themselves down, they're not going to have the momentum or to be able to create that momentum. They don't really have the horses. To go out and even things up. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but from a Toronto perspective, I think if the Leafs can just, like you said, get out to an early lead um, and, and kind of just keep it going and, and and go throughout the rest of the game, then I believe that is the best way of success for Toronto. But I think more so for Montreal that that would make a lot more sense.
2: I think it's not necessarily for me. It's not the horsepower or the firepower that they don't have. It's that I don't trust Montreal's coaching to capitalize on the opportunities the way I would have earlier in the season. And I'm curious mm-hmm. as to your perspective as not just, you know, uh, an outsider, uh, but also, you know, a rival, a team. Would you feel a little bit more nervous or a little bit less confident if Claude Julian was still coaching this team?
0: Yeah, I think so, because he's done it before, right? Like, he knows the rigors (laughs) of... of the playoffs. Like, I guess he didn't have the best success with Montreal, but this is the guy who won a Stanley cup in, in, uh, in Boston. And and even before we get to Boston, he had some success. So he's a guy who's definitely, he's, he has the track record of being a really good coach. Just not sure about the, the, the new guy, right? Just there's still a lot for him to prove. So when it comes to it, um, the playoffs, a little bit of a different beast, a bit of a different animal. I think we can all agree with that. And when it comes to Claude Julien, he kind of knew how to navigate the the waters when things got tough. We'll see about Dom Ducharme.
2: Scott, any thoughts before we turn our attention to other topics?
1: Uh, Don't sit on leads. We've learned that this does not go well for the Montreal Canadiens this year (laughs) if you try to sit on a lead. They're they are good when they can keep the pressure on. It's something that they've done well in that early in the season, they just kept pressing and teams had to keep defending. And when you don't do that, uh, guess what happens when you have a team like Toronto who can score at will when given the chance, they're, they're, they're going to do that. So like maybe don't sit back on your leads in the playoffs. You can't afford to give any team a lifeline, an opportunity. Pittsburgh learned that the hard way last year, they let Montreal stay in games when they didn't finish their chances And it comes back to bite them in the butt. The Canadians can't afford that this year And Toronto, as much as Montreal doesn't have the ability to climb in, in the same way, if you let that Habs for check, start going, especially when they're healthy, it can put you back on your heels a little bit if you're not ready for it, especially with Brendan Gallagher healthy, which I, it's just like Zach Hyman coming back in that they're so underrated in what they do that you don't realize the impact until they're back in the lineup and you go, Oh, there it is it's a dangerous proposition to let little wrecking balls like that start getting going in games especially late
2: there was this one game in the series uh that was it was a few weeks ago the canadians did lose it but i remember when we were recapping it i felt good about the way that the canadians played because they did not give up it ended up i believe going to overtime in toronto won it if i'm not mistaken um, but I remember that the Habs lost, but we didn't feel bad about them in the way that they had over the course of the season. Right. There were so many games where we were frustrated and, you know, the, the, the Scott Matla patented rants um, were going on, but I just, I, I think that if the Canadians are able to play in that way, bearing in mind that Carrie Price is back and Brendan Gallagher is back, I feel like you can see a lot of one goal games that might go either way. Uh, if, if the Canadians are able to keep up that pressure and, and just not give up when Toronto scores, I, I, I feel like that's going to be the key for them from what we learned over the course of the season.
0: I'll also, uh, this is just like a random little note, a little stat that I, I just kind of noticed when I was looking into the matchup, the three losses that Toronto had um, to Montreal all were were streak stoppers. And I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that Toronto maybe took Montreal a little lightly because, you know, when you take a look at those those losses, that we're now looking at about mid February, I would say, is kind of where the the Claude Julian you know kind of started to teeter off a little bit there and then you take a look again you're looking into another loss that occurred in about early uh, early April mid April where again the, the Montreal Canadiens still trying to find their way so a couple of these losses coming at times where i think Montreal was struggling as a team and Toronto maybe took them a little bit lightly and were coming in on a high and then lost so i wonder if that has any bearings and i hope that the Leafs don't take Montreal lightly going into the playoffs because if there's one thing that, and we talked about it earlier, if there's one thing that that killed Toronto last year is that I think they took, team, they took the, the Columbus Blue Jackets too lightly, and then when the game got physical, they weren't able to battle back. And when it comes to Montreal, I think that, you know, especially that blue line, you guys have a physical blue line out there, and hopefully that Toronto will be able to withstand it and continue to play their style of game and not kind of get trapped up into into kind of uh, veering away from what they found success in because they want to keep up with the Joneses in terms of physicality. Uh, so that's kind of something that I noted quickly about the, the regular season here between these two clubs.
2: I think another key thing, too, is is Toronto ended up losing to Columbus. And they need to be even more prepared against against Montreal because Montreal does have that physical grinding game, you know, those defensemen that you're talking about, but they have more skilled players up front than Columbus did last year uh, or this year or any year for that matter. (laughs) Uh, So I think it's, it's even more important. And I believe that it's like a hallmark of a team that, you know, quote, unquote, I hate the word deserves, but let's say the hallmark of a team with a good coach and veteran experienced players that are prepared for the playoffs, like they would not let that happen. I think that's gonna be the key for Toronto is that they need to play like a winner and not and not get caught up in the pressure, not allow like just just not allow Montreal any time, any space, any mistakes, anything like that. And I, I think that's essentially going to tell the story of this series.
0: Yeah. And I think to like dispel Leaf fans for basically what I just said and what you just talked about. The additions of guys like Joe Thornton, the guys like Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian, who just won a cup a season ago, Jake Muzzin, who's a Stanley Cup champion, um, you know Nick Foligno, who has won a lot of playoff series in his career. Um, well, at least one last year. I can't remember if they were successful back when he was in Ottawa, if he was with the team back then. But regardless, has some playoff success, um, is a really good character kind of guy. Uh, added TJ Brody, who's got some playoff in him. Like, There's a lot of of... Players who they added throughout the course of the season since that em- elimination to Columbus that I think will help get this team prepped and in the mindset to be winners, like you said.
2: And tomorrow we're going to talk about specific players and how to shut them down, specific ways to get uh, each other's star players started. And we're going to give our final predictions for this series. And that's coming up on tomorrow's episode Locked on Canadians and Locked on Leaf. Still friends for now and maybe for one more day.